You're listening to the Health Coach Nation podcast. My name is Haley Rowe, and I'm a business coach for online health coaches who want to attract their ideal clients, stop feeling defeated by their never-ending to-do list, balance a healthy lifestyle with their growing business, and stop overanalyzing what everybody thinks of them so that they can confidently own their message and online presence. On this podcast, we dive deep into health information you can share with your clients, business strategy tips, and more. Let's get to it. All right. So I'm here today with Jason Ryer. And Jason and I actually met through two things. Uh, We both are certified what is now called the Human Potential Coach Certification Program. We're both human potential coaches. It was formerly called Bulletproof Coach. And Jason and I also know each other because we both have a background in the startup world. And we have worked for a very much biohacking company called Upgrade Labs, where they had a lot of cutting edge health technology and equipment for people who wanted to upgrade their minds and their body. And Jason and I have had a really big interest in that together. And part of the reasons uh, reason why we became friends is because we've bonded so much on all the biohacks and all of the health habits uh, that we practice and share. And today we're going to talk about something very close to my heart, near and dear to my heart, and probably near and dear to Jason's heart, as he'll tell you. It is a healthy habit that has really changed the way we both focus, the way that we've lost fat, um, our hunger levels, and just our ability to be the humans that we are, that, um, you know, trying to be productive and trying to be the best we can be. So Jason, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you stumbled into the one health habit that we're going to talk about today? Yeah. Thanks Haley for the introduction. So, so yeah, so how I stumbled into this was, um, you know, we, we have some similarities in our backgrounds. Certainly I'm into, to biohacking as well. And, and I guess just to clarify what that means to me, is just finding some of the, the the simplest and easiest ways for me to upgrade my health and then to help other people do the same thing. Um, so I've had my own health challenges and I got certified as a bulletproof coach, a human potential coach. And so now I've been helping a lot of other people with this. And, um, and I've been following bulletproof, the bulletproof diet, uh, bulletproof health protocols and that sort of thing. And part of that is is fasting. So I've been I've been experiencing experimenting personally with fasting over the years for the past four years or so, and um, I've gotten more and more into it. And as I learned more and more about the benefits, I would talk to other people who had different health issues. You know, a lot of people say, "Hey, I want to lose ten to fifteen pounds," and then I dig, dig a little deeper, and maybe have, they have some other health issues. And I, it turned out I was recommending fasting to a lot of people. So um, so I got into it and found a lot of the benefits for myself that we'll, we'll get into, I'm sure, in this podcast, um, and started recommending it to other people as, as really getting back to the idea of biohacking as ultimately the, the most single, most simple thing that I think you can do to, to improve your health. Um, because everybody's looking for, you know, some kind of magic bullet, some kind of magic pill to, to address their health issues. Um, unfortunately that doesn't exist, but, um, but rather than adding something, you know, what can I take, what can I do? Um, I think 
it serves us well to think about, well, what can we take away? Um, and with fasting, it's like, well, you don't really have to do anything at all to improve your health. Um, so in that sense, it, it really is the simplest. And I'm not going to say that it's the easiest way, but it certainly is simple. Absolutely. It's something that does take practice. And I like how you said that it was something you noticed that you could not necessarily have to spend money on. It's not like a magic pill or potion. Um, and I think a lot of people overlook simplifying uh, a lot of the habits that they already have or, you know, ways that they can improve those before wanting to add, add, add another pill, another, you know, program, another thing like that. So I really like what you said there about it being simple to implement once you get the hang of it and once you get some practice. And so we're calling it for this. I've never gone into this on the podcast, intermittent fasting. I've thought about it, but I've always been concerned because I'm somebody who believes there's not a one size fits all approach for everyone. And I've always thought, you know, if I'm going to go into this, I really want to give the right benefits. I really want to have an expert to talk to about it instead of me just sharing my experience, which I definitely do want to share my experience for the first time with um, our audience. But I uh, had to get you on because you know all about intermittent fasting and what is also called time-restricted eating. And so I kind of want to talk because there's many ways that you can implement intermittent fasting into your life. And there's many different kinds of intermittent fasts in um, in theory. So I kind of want to first say that my method, and I'm sure you'll share other methods with us and what you practice the most, um, but my method has been intermittent fasting, meaning practicing an eating window of eight hours a day or six hours a day, and then fasting 18 hours or 16 hours. So that's through the night and that's through usually the next morning. Or, you know, if I have an early start to my eating window, that means stopping eating in the late afternoon for me. First, just tell us the classic definition of it, and then we'll go more into the different kinds. Sure, sure. Yeah. So I think you summed it up pretty well, uh, what it means. And so anymore, I'm trying to get away from all these buzzwords and terms like intermittent fasting, I think is, is a tough one because... I think it has different meanings for different people, and it's used in a lot of different contexts, especially doing the research when I'm researching uh, the effects of intermittent fasting. Like each study has to explain, like, what, what does that mean in the context of this study, right? And I think we all have to figure out what that means for us, right? So, so to me, it's, it's fasting, right? Um, and, and it's in very simple terms, it's just abstaining from, from eating or taking in any kind of calories, Right. So so that that is like in a strict sense that that is fasting. You're just not eating anything that has any kind of caloric or energy content. OK, got it. Yeah. So not eating. And really, um, there's the different kinds that I've heard of and that I've practiced or I haven't practiced all of these, but I'll just share the different methods. Um, one of them is, like I said, the 16 eight method. Um, one of them would be something like the one meal a day method where you eat most of your, all of your day's calories in one meal, either at the end of the day or a big lunch. Um, and you fast for maybe 20 hours and then within a four hour window, you eat all your, your big meal. Uh, and then I've heard of Prolon, which is a fasting mimicking diet. It's a brand that was created by Dr. Walter Longo, where you're 
on a very, now this one does include food, um, but it mimics the benefits of fasting because your calories are so low that it, your body does have some of the benefits of fasting. Um, and now that long-term is not a good practice, obviously. Long-term calorie restriction is very different from intermittent fasting, which I'm sure we can maybe talk about later. But um, for, you know, once doing it three times a year or something like that has shown in science um, to be beneficial for people. And then I've heard of Ben Greenfield's method. He's another fitness podcaster who does a 24-hour fast once a week. Um, and I've done that before. That's very easy. That feels natural for me now that I've been fasting for a long time. I like to do that. It's, it's very simple. It's not requiring multiple days of fasting or anything like that. I feel the benefits. I feel good. Um, and then there's the multiple day fast where some people do three days without food, which sounds crazy, but it has been shown to regenerate the immune system and improve gut health. And I'll ask you about that later. And then the last kind that I've heard of is something that also incorporates food, which is kind of like a fat-based fast, fast, where you eat a limited amount of calories, but it's all coming from fat. So whether that's coconut oil or butter in your coffee or something like that, uh, supposedly because the claims are that fat doesn't raise your insulin, and so your body doesn't really think it's eating a lot. It's, it doesn't have a sugar crash. It doesn't, so it doesn't fully give you all the benefits of fasting because your body is digesting. It doesn't give your digestive system a break. But for some people easing into it, I have heard of that approach. So given these approaches, which ones have you tried and which ones do you recommend to, I guess, beginners? Let's start with beginners. Yeah, and I think that's that's the perfect place to begin. And that's where I like to begin with people I work with is like, where, where can we start? Because um, some people come at this from, from different experiences. Um, honestly, when I mentioned fasting to a lot of people, I can just see the, the fear in their face, in their eyes. Um, and their initial reaction is like, no, I can't do that. There's no way I can fast. Um, so where I like to start is is just ask, well, you know, how how long do you go at night without food while you're sleeping, for example? So uh, for most people, hopefully that's at least eight hours, right? So I think that's kind of a, a good place to start. And um, where I like to start beyond that is, you know, some of looking at some of the metabolic processes that are going on. Uh, certainly, you know, I guess if I take a step back, a lot of the issue with like the so-called standard American diet is that we're we're eating, you know, sometimes three, four, five, six meals a day, uh, and maybe snacking in between. So they've done these studies um, where actually people, uh, they, they, there's both the self-reporting studies, and then they actually had studies where people used an app where they took pictures of their food. And I think um, I can't remember the exact numbers, but I think people self-reported that they were eating for about 12 hours during the day. Um, and then they went and tracked them and they actually took pictures of their food. And it turned out they were eating for like 15 hours per day. And this is like on, on average. So so that's, I mean, three hours off like that. That's kind of a big deal. Um, so what I'm getting getting at is that when we're eating all the time, we're just not giving our bodies enough time to do what it needs to do to process, to digest the food and then do all of these like so-called like magical 
cleanup processes that we'll get into later. Um, um, and part of that is burning fat. So after we eat a meal, it can take four hours to really start digesting that food and, and where this, this magical cleanup process starts. So, so once you get past that, then you're like, okay, your body is doing its thing. And then looking at some of the science for what I would call like the minimum effective dose. So the, in this case, the minimum amount that you need to go without eating to get like real benefits um, based on some scientific studies. And there was a study, and I know, I think you mentioned Rhonda Patrick. Um, she's referenced this study where they looked at the re relationship between what women with breast cancer ate and their rates of recurrence of breast cancer. And so this is a pretty big study. Um, I honestly don't know what they got out of the initial study in terms of how food, what they ate affected the recurrence of breast cancer. But somebody went back and said, well, let's not look at what they ate. Let's just look at when they ate. And this is where it got really interesting is that the women who went more than 13 hours at night without eating, uh, their recurrence of breast cancer dropped off a cliff, I think by like 40%. Um, so that's a pretty big indicator that something's going on biologically, right? Uh, and, it, and there's a lot of benefit to going just, you know, 13 hours without food. So, so I think that's, that's a starting point. And then getting back to what you said, like, well, what, what's the difference? These different, different types, uh, you mentioned a few of them. Um, and what it comes down to, to for me is like, well, let's, let's find what works best for that individual person, Right. Um, and certainly, let's look at some of the science behind it. Um, unfortunately, um, there are there are a lot of studies, but unfortunately, there aren't enough to say convincingly like this one's better for the general population than than another one. Um, and I think a lot of us fit into like you mentioned, somewhere around like the sixteen eight fast, just mostly because it's convenient, right? And we have that peace of mind that we are getting a lot of these cleanup processes, um, that we're not just burning fat and losing weight, but we're also, you know, looking at, um, avoiding some, um, some chronic illnesses. Yeah. I mean, and the goal here is not to be the perfect intermittent faster and have your social life suffering and, you know, feeling crappy about how you can't eat dinner with your family. The goal here is to feel good and feel good about your lifestyle and feel more free around food. And one of the things for me, so I am not um, a perfect intermittent faster, meaning I do eat sometimes very close to bed because my schedule is weird. It's crazy. Sometimes I'm, you know, singing in a band. Sometimes I'm working all day. Sometimes I have a family late dinner or whatever. And um, so what I, I'm very intuitive. I'm very, when I'm hungry, I'll eat when I'm not, I won't. Sometimes that means a really long fast. Sometimes that means a 12 hour fast. And so I found that long term wise, I've been able to stick with an intermittent fasting lifestyle, um, by incorporating a few things. Number one is easing into it. So I would recommend, like you said, play around with starting with 13 hours, maybe just from going to bed and, you know, delaying your breakfast a little bit by a half hour and then master that and then delay it another half hour. And then, you know, you start to get used to it. And then at the same time, I also use a tracking app called Zero, and it's free. And it allows me to start the timer when I start my fast and stop it when I'm done. And then I'm able to see in the course of a week, you know, how I'm doing, how many days I'm doing it out of a week. 
Um, and so I really think it's important for people to track, especially since you said in the studies, people have a really hard time recalling correctly <laughs> the amount of t- you know time that they've spent in an eating window. And the last thing that I would say is um, finding what works with your personality type and what uh, works with you. So for me in the beginning, what works for me is the 16 hour window. It works really nicely. And then I found for a while that I wanted to play around with just doing a once a week, 24 hour fast. And I did that for a while. And then one time I decided when my lifestyle permitted, meaning I had a low stress load on me, I was having a lot of time to sleep. I was having a lot of time to relax and, you know, not be in stress mode to do a longer fast, which was my first ever and my last ever (laughs) three day fast. Um, because I was a part of a test group that was measuring the benefits of it. You know, how does it improve acne? How does it improve your digestive issues? How does it improve IBS issues? Things like that. And I was in this test group and we had a group of women who had to report their symptoms before and after fasting and how it made them feel and all of this. And because I had that accountability there, that helped me get started as well. So I would say for anyone, start simple, build it like a habit, you know, and decide what works for you and your personality. If you're the kind of person who likes to eat small meals throughout the day, maybe you have a little bit of a longer eating window and you spread it out. If you're the kind of person who loves a big feast, maybe you're the kind of person who shortens your eating window. I like, I'm a good eater and this is one of the things that really has um, worked for me as far as not feeling like eating all day long. I've always felt that is not working for me. I've always felt that that's not intuitive. I've always felt like I was eating when I wasn't hungry when I did that approach. But that's what I was taught as a personal trainer and a nutrition specialist is that you need to eat all day long and you can't skip breakfast and blah, blah, blah. So I think it's more of a fear factor because we've been taught a lot of myths, a lot of things like we need breakfast, we need um, to be eating throughout the day to prevent starvation mode and things like that. So we're going to go into the myths shortly. But first you were saying something about cleaning processes, good benefits that happen from fasting. So tell me about the benefits of fasting. Yeah, there, there are quite a few benefits and, um, the, the list goes on and on. So let let me see where I start. And what, what I tell people is, you know, a lot of people want to like lose some weight. So when I'm coaching people, they say, I want to lose 10 or 15 pounds or something like that. Right. And I, I just want to clarify, um, I think maybe we've talked about this in the past, but the difference between losing weight and burning fat. Um, and this gets into body composition, which is something I try to clarify with all of my students and my coaching clients, is that you probably, when you say you want to lose 10 or 15 pounds, usually that implies fat, like burning fat. Um, and th- this is the problem with dieting and calorie restriction is that people will go on these crash diets and severely restrict calories and they'll watch the weight drop. Um, but, but guess what's happening? Are you losing fat? Yes. But what else are you losing? Muscle, lean body mass, um, which, which I recommend to stay away from. And this is one of the big benefits of fasting is that when you're restricting calories completely, your body actually preserves lean body mass. It preserves your muscles, uh, which is, which I think is a good thing because, uh, yes. Yeah. Right. Right. So, so what happens then is that, you know, versus 
you know, just, just losing all the weight. If you're losing, you know, crash dieting and losing muscle mass and fat, um, certainly you'll lose weight. But when you look in the mirror, based, uh, based on that, like if you took somebody side by side, one person doing calorie restriction, one person doing fasting, um, the fasting person may not lose the same amount of weight, um, but certainly the body composition, I think, will be better. So that person will lose more body fat and maintain muscle, which I think is is generally a better and healthier look, not just looks-wise, but it's, it's overall just, just healthier for us uh, in general. Um, and this is where people get into trouble with chronic calorie restriction is that um, you know, not only are you losing muscle mass, but you're, you're sending the wrong signals to your body. Um, and it can throw off your hormones and you can have all kinds of issues down the road. I mean, even with like the show, the biggest loser, they kept coming back and saying, well, these people, they lose a ton of weight and they're like successful, right. At initially losing that weight, but then they gain it back. And then they often gain back even more because with the calorie restriction, they're actually lowering their metabolism. And the benefit of fasting is that you don't actually do that. You don't actually lower your metabolism when you're fasting. Uh, your body actually rebounds and comes back once you start eating again. I, I want to hop in. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I want to hop in really quick on that first benefit, benefit number one, which is having the ability to preserve your lean muscle mass better than if you were doing chronic calorie restriction. So here's the thing. So fasting and chronic calorie restriction, they are both stressors on your body, but intermittent fasting for some reason, and I don't know if you know why, and I don't know if it's important to go into the why because I trust it, but um, I don't, I, maybe you know why, but for some reason it doesn't have the same impact on our metabolism as far as, um, you know, burning off our own lean muscle mass. And what is very interesting that I heard a long time ago was that they did this uh, study with men who were super active during the day. And they were both two groups. Um, one group that they both were intermittent fasting, but one of the groups was practicing calorie restriction during their intermittent fast too. So they were doing both intermittent fasting and calorie restriction. And the other group was eating enough to um, meet their energy expenditure and, or AKA how many calories they were burning during the day. And they compared the two groups and they found that the people who were doing chronic calorie restriction and intermittent fasting did lose some of their lean muscle mass while the other group maintained their lean muscle mass. It's very interesting how that works. Do you know why in a simple way or is that something we don't need to go into? Yeah, I mean, I wish I knew the, the mechanisms behind it. Um, and I, I've read another study similar to that, um, except for where they saw uh, people who are fasting for the month of Ramadan. I mean, there are a lot of studies around this, which is really useful. And I wouldn't say that that's like the the best like cohort of people to look at because I've heard of the practices of when they do eat, it's at the at night and they're not always eating the healthiest food. But they had a group of bodybuilders, a Muslim bodybuilders during the month of Ramadan and uh, found that they did not lose muscle mass during that month, uh, which, which, is, which is interesting because they're going the entire day for a month, you know, without, without food. So, so yeah, I, I'm not sure, but, um, that's something I'm super interested in is, is like, I'm a skinny guy myself, um, a hard gainer. So it's actually difficult for me 
to put on there. And this is something I get to experiment with is like, how, how do I maintain, not just maintain, but gain muscle mass while doing intermittent fasting. So that's something I've been playing around with where, in fact, I was at uh, a fitness retreat in Cambodia of all places for a month. And uh, this personal trainer there had me lifting weights two hours a day, six days a week. And I was wow. doing, I was doing, oh my gosh. you were on the biggest loser yeah, regimen. Yeah. But the goal was <laughs> to, to build strength and muscle. And uh, he was totally against it. Like he's, he's like, he, he was this, this French guy. And he's like, he's like, this is why you are so skinny. <laughs> he's like, you need to, you need to eat more. And I'm like, I'm like, no, I'm doing the fasting. He didn't, he didn't want to hear anything of it. Um, Cause he was more old school. Uh, in his approach, I think. But um, but I did do 16-8 fasting for that month. Um, every day I did uh, a one meal a day on Sunday, so close to 24 hours of fasting once a week as well. Um, and I felt good. I mean, I think the big benefits were just like I gave my body time to recover from these stressors, from this workout. Um, and And I didn't have I had almost zero what's called delayed onset muscle soreness, which is pretty typical. If you haven't exercised in a while and you go out and do some resistance training or something like that, you'll get some delayed soreness, you know, later that day or the next day. And I didn't get any of that for the, the entire month I was wow. lifting weights. Yeah. Okay. So benefit one we got now, what about, so more fat loss and potentially, um, well, potentially fat loss, it depends on still if you're how much you're eating as well and other factors, stress, sleep, blah, blah, blah. But, um, preserving your lean muscle mass, what else, what are the other benefits, um, maybe around aging, the aging process? I know there's something called autophagy, um, which is going to confuse a lot of people, but basically it's a cellular cleanup process that your body goes through when you're fasting for a long period of time. So tell me a little bit about the aging and the maybe growth hormone and things like that. So tell me more about how it can be something that promotes longevity and anti-aging. Yeah. And just to uh, follow up with what I was saying about lifting weights and doing resistance training with the goal of building strength and muscle, um, you do get a, a nice boost, boost of growth hormone. Uh, so on top of what you would normally get. So when you're fasting, we see studies that that growth hormone, which helps preserve muscle, um, helps you recover faster. Um, so, so this is definitely a big benefit that we get. Um, and then in terms of what you said, uh, autophagy or autophagy, um, so this is our own cellular cleanup process where, where our, our cells are actually, our body's actually scavenging out like dead and dying cells and, and cleaning them up. So um, it's doing this at an intracellular level. It's getting rid of uh, virus, bacteria, parasites, um, old proteins. Um, so all of this leads to, like you said, um, potentially uh, longevity. So not just living a healthier life, but a healthy lifespan, but living longer. Um, and the, there, there are studies behind this, but they've done this more in like, in like rats and mice and that sort of thing. So, so you can't put a ton of stock on it, but, um, but yeah, they've seen that with calorie restriction and fasting that, uh, these animals actually live longer. So the big thing with autophagy is that, you know, there, there are correlations to like all these chronic illnesses, like 
cancer, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's. And so I know we see a lot of people who are concerned about that. And uh, when you're fasting, you're actually letting that process, that self-healing process, do its thing to clean these up and help ideally prevent some of these diseases that we see manifesting more and more. Yeah. Yeah. Funny story about this. So regarding conditions, obviously we cannot say that anything treats or heals conditions, but um, I will say that my dad started intermittent fasting recently. Um, and he, you know, he's not a health nut. He doesn't really eat that healthy. And he started intermittent fasting and he has something called vertigo where he gets really, really dizzy. Um, and he said that since he started doing this fasting, first of all, he's lost 16 pounds. Um, and second of all, he doesn't get dizzy as often. So it's very interesting, um, just maybe symptoms that people face of, you know, having uh, uh, symptoms that are going away from intermittent fasting potentially. Now, obviously it's not the cure-all for everyone for all conditions. And also fasting before we even continue is not for everyone, which we'll talk about who it's not for. Um, but from a personal story standpoint, he's noticed a benefit. And for me personally, um, I have to say that I feel, I used to be the kind of person who would get hangry. Like I'd get really, really hungry, need to stop what I'm doing, need to go eat because my, I had some kind of crash, you know? And ever since I've started intermittent fasting and changing my diet to be lower in starchy carbs and things like that, um, I really can go. And, and since I've been practicing fasting, it really is a practice, um, ever since I've started practicing it consistently, I can really be calm and not need to interrupt what I'm doing and go eat something just because I have this crash. I'm very stable and my energy and my, my mood is always very positive. I think it's because of the BDNF release, which is a, um, a brain neurotransmitter, I think, which I'll ask you about uh, the brain benefits shortly. But my focus is better. Um, I just... It's, it's like food. I've learned that food is not an emergency. Hunger is not an emergency. It comes and goes in waves. I feel very much at ease around food. I really, really enjoy when I eat now because when you're not eating all the time, you just fully appreciate your meals and you're able to kind of have a feast and you're, it's just more natural and intuitive for me um, to enjoy eating that way. So what would you say the benefits for you? You said that, you know, as a skinny guy, it has helped you um, keep your muscle and, uh, it's helped you with your focus. Any personal stories around fasting for you that has changed your life? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts around what you said, um, for both me and some other people in my life, like my parents and some of my students, um, have had a lot of similar experiences for me. It really is. Like you said, I never had the problem of really getting hangry, but, um, but now I really do enjoy not having to worry about food. Um, so, for example, today, as we do this podcast, um, it's in it's in the afternoon and I haven't eaten food. Um, I have had some some fat. Um, I've had a little bit of protein, but it's just been in, in some coffee. And so, you know, rather than worry about food, I'm actually thinking, well, you know, I'm probably going to benefit in terms of my clarity of mind and everything else, my brain function, my body function if I do not eat. So what I find is like the opposite effect which I hear from a lot of other people as well, is that when I eat and when other people eat, 
they have a bit of a crash and it's like, it's like, wow, you know, I should be getting a lot of energy from the food, but now my body is spent doing time digesting it, processing it. And even worse, if there's anything bad in that food, now you have to detox that. So your body is working overtime, basically to process all that food. So I enjoy the benefit of when I'm fasting, I don't have to worry about any of that. In fact, um, I'll go out, you know, luck luckily my brother's into this as well, and we'll go go snowboarding, um, and we'll go out for like three or four hours at a time. And it used to be the case that it's like, oh, well, what are we going to bring with us? We got to bring these granola bars and these snacks, and we got to eat breakfast first. And now if it's a powder day, um, and I don't know if anybody on this podcast skis, but um, there's nothing like riding on fresh snow on powder. So rather than worry about all these things, you just put your clothes on, you go, you do your thing and, and enjoy it. Um, and I'm to the point where, you know, my body's fat adapted enough where I can just go and not worry about food until, you know, later that day. And I know, I mean, a lot of it's psychological, just knowing that I can go a long, long time with, without food. Um, and one, one other one thing that came up in terms of getting hangry, that's, that's definitely my dad. He gets hangry. Like we go on road trips and uh, he gets angry driving in the car if we don't stop for food soon enough and that sort of thing. But he's actually changed. He's come around um, because he's followed along with my, my fasting program, something that we might talk about later. Um, but he didn't take my program. My mom took the program and she saw the benefit of, you know, she just wanted to lose some weight and she actually saw some benefit with that, which was good. Um, but I, I guess what I've heard and what I, I like that other people have said is that losing weight is just a side effect of fasting. The main benefit is really cleaning up your cells, longevity, avoiding chronic illness. And for my mom, she saw her blood pressure came down and she didn't have to take her blood pressure medication anymore. And I've seen other students with the, the same effect. But for my dad, he was following along with my mom and doing some of these things. Uh, and he started skipping breakfast and delaying his meals. And he's seen a lot of benefit where, um, you know, he's he's type 2 diabetic. So he's on a lot of medications. Um, he's had a couple of heart attacks. He has high blood pressure, high cholesterol. So all of these issues. Um, and now he's he's got a good doctor that's taking him off some of his medications and recognizing that you know, lifestyle and dietary changes can have an effect where you don't really need to take all of these medications to treat his diabetes. So, so yeah, just some, some pretty amazing effects. Um, and it's very simple changes, you know, he didn't do anything drastic. So it's, it's really cool to see that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's amazing. And Jason, we have to dive deeper into just a few more benefits and then who should not fast and a few other topics. Um, but for now, I'm going to end this podcast with where people can find you and find out about your faster challenge, which will be guiding people through fasting and working it into their lifestyle. Um, so we'll pick up on the other topics in episode two. But first, tell us where we can find you and give us a little snippet about what the faster challenge is. Sure, sure. So where to find me is uh, my website. My brand is Zen Strength. So the website is zenstrength.fitness. Uh, and for the fasting program, you can go to zenstrength.fitness slash fasting dash program. Um, and then the fasting program. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's a six week program uh, for people who really want to dive deep into what is 
fasting and how it works for them and experience it for themselves with me as a teacher and a group of peers. So we, we run this as a challenge, meaning that you have tasks to do every day. You have to share what you eat, when you eat, you have to do the lessons, you have to read about it. We have, we tap into a lot of different resources. We have videos for people to watch. Um, so it's a really interesting experience where we get a lot of different ex perspectives. So not just my own, but from a lot of other experts in the field. Um, and, uh, and we do this as somewhat of, as one of my students says, it's like a choose your own adventure. So rather than me telling students what to do, we actually present the evidence, we learn about it, and every week we have a live call and students set their intention and say, I'm gonna fast for this first week for 13 hours, and then maybe the next week, 16 hours. And we play with different types of fasts. Um, and it's really up to the students. So some students will work their way up to maybe 24 hours during the course, and others will do like jump right in uh, like in week three or four and say, I'm gonna do a three or four or five day fast, something like that. So it's really up to them. Wow, awesome. Well, thank you so much, everyone. Check out Jason at zenstrength.fitness and his website will be in the show notes. So if you need to just click directly on over, I will have that for you at haleyrow.com. And now we're going to end this episode and pick up in the next one. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Be sure to get your free gift over at HaleyRowe.com by joining my email list. And remember, you can always connect with me and other health coaches in the Health Coach Nation free Facebook group where I post trainings and videos on how to take your health coaching business to the next level. Can't wait to connect with you. Have an awesome day.